1: Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday with Coach Harvey Hyde. Switching up the format a little bit on the Peristyle Podcast. We'll talk about that in a second. We're going to have a great show for you today with Coach Harvey Hyde joining us on the Peristyle Podcast Monday edition. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or you give us a call 206-888-6755 or go to our website parastylepodcast.com you can leave a voicemail right on the page. All right, well, we'll jump into it with coach Harvey Hyde in our new format. Coach, you ready for a little switch up in the podcast?
0: Doesn't bother me at all, buddy. You got to adjust to defenses and offenses, so we'll make that adjustment and we'll just keep right on winning.
1: Yeah, keep right on winning. We have we had 370 something episodes and we we're you know, kind of counting by each one and and doing kind of a longer show every Monday, and we decided to switch it up a little bit, Coach. So I just want to let people know we're going to do uh, multiple podcasts during the week, and we'll do kind of shorter segments with you know one individual, and it'll just be the whole podcast. So on Mondays, we're going to keep the tradition of uh, Coach Harvey Hyde and myself doing a USC football podcast. You can still send your questions; be specific who you want the questions to go to because we're going to do all you know we're going to do different podcasts during the week. So if you want a question for Coach Harvey Hyde. Send it to podcast at uscfootball.com and say, hey, this is for Coach Harry Hyde. And we will answer it on the Monday edition of the podcast. And we're going to have Dan Weber on. We're not sure which day yet. We might move it around a little bit, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And we'll try to have a special podcast that has a, a special guest sometime during the week. We're going to do a recruiting podcast a little bit more often. So changing things up a little bit on the podcast, you can always go to com, And we, of course, will put all the episodes up on uscfootball.com. Uh, so there will be shorter segments. You can get t- you know, today's maybe half an hour or so, something like that, with Coach Harvey Hyde and myself. And then different days during the week, keep checking back, and we'll have other episodes. You can still get them on iTunes, and they will all go up on iTunes. And uh, So everything else is the same. just going to sh- kind of shorten the show a little bit, Coach, and have uh, you know very specific guests like yourself on Mondays and different, players, uh, different people, players, coaches, whatever, uh, former players on, on other days during the week. So change it up a little bit, Coach. Hopefully you don't mind.
0: No, I think it's good. I think it's good. A lot of people uh, can't listen for an hour or, or hour and a half, but you know, if they get twenty or thirty minutes of us, and the same with Dan, and another day with someone else, and a special on recruiting, uh, I think that's great.
1: Yeah, so we'll try it out. Let us know. You know, give us your feedback. You hate it? You love it? You're waiting for this for a long time? Um, whatever. So just drop us an email: podcast at uscfootball dot com. Let us know what you think. If you like that or not, and uh, we'll try it out for the next couple of weeks. And if people hate it and it doesn't work out that well. We can go back to the other way, but we'll try it out and uh, see how it goes. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. They've been with Coach Harvey Hyde and myself for, I think, it's 2008 is when we started this thing. So it's been quite a while. 1-800-888-7287. You can give them a call if you need tickets for anything. You want to go to a concert. I know U2 playing over at the Forum. Sporting events. You want to go to the theater. All kinds of stuff. No more, uh, no more ducks in the playoffs. So you can't get that but Dodgers, Angels, all kinds of fun stuff there if you want to do with that. So, uh, Coach, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. A little change up in the podcast, and, uh, you know, we can could, we could teach us old dogs some new tricks.
0: We'll do it. And uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've done the podcast, so if we have a lot of questions and uh, material to cover, why don't we get started?
1: Yeah, let's do that. And I do apologize. I was out of the country for a couple of weeks. And we had some emails. people people, um, you know, wishing, uh, trip. Well, it was great. Uh, came back from Europe a couple of days ago, I'm still a little jet lagged, but we want to jump back into the podcast and, and get things going again here on June 1st. Um, we'll go with Tarek for the first question coach. And he says with the current makeup of this team, are we more oriented to be a pass first team or a run first team? What do you think coach?
0: Well, I think the, uh, you know, uh, At USC, uh, as far as the tradition of USC Trojan football, it's been a run-first football team. But I think over the last couple of years, especially with Coach Lane Kiffin and now with Coach Steve Sarkeesian, it's been more of a fantasy type of uh, uh, philosophy of, of saying a lot about running the football but really believing in and liking to throw the football. I think that you have to run the football. I think they run the football. But I think it's a secondary thought in their mind as far as what they want to do. Uh, I believe you have to be able to run the football to be a great football team. If you watched Notre Dame win the national championship in Hammer, Oregon last year, they did that with their running game at Elliott, with Elliott. And of course, they had a great performance out of their quarterback. But you got to be tough, and you get tough by – Going a lot of run and hard-nosed football. And uh, I'd like to see USC really, really show us that they are 50-50, that they really want to, on fourth and one, run the football, on third and two, run the football. And I think that uh, if they are going to be a dominant football team and play for a national championship, they got to believe in what they can do on the line of scrimmage Also, down the field, don't get me wrong, but you got to own the line of scrimmage. And you got to keep people very much aware of that, that, hey, these guys uh, can run the football. And if you get people to believe that by demonstrating that, then I think you're a far better football team. But I think right now the philosophy is, yes, we like to say we're 50-50, but really we'd rather throw it.
1: (laughs) Hard to argue with that, Coach. You know, just even the numbers, though. The number of uh, receivers out there versus the number of running backs. Um, you know they'll, they'll get a few more uh, coming up, but you know this fall there'll be a few more running backs out there. But do you think that impacts at all what the depth chart looks like?
0: Oh well, the back. You know the depth chart portion of of uh, USC doesn't change a philosophy. That's just an excuse. I think that what you have to do. You've got enough running backs. That Trey Madden's going to play. He's going to be healthy. He's 100% healthy, I think, right now. And if you had a game tomorrow, he'd play. Justin Davis is, a, is an outstanding running back. Tolan's a great back. We've said that on and on. People just don't know who he is. And you've got three fine, great running backs coming in that are freshmen. And if any position can be played as a freshman, it's a running back. So... Uh, you know, I think that because of the depth of the position running back is not an excuse why you don't run the football. You've got your entire offensive line back. I mean, that should be domination if they believe that's what you want to do. And you just get off the line of scrimmage and you pound people. The receiver portion of it, they've got more receivers and they know what to do do with. You know, you've heard me talk about that all the time. I think that the depth-wise is tremendous in all areas except for one, and that's the defensive line where they're going to have to rely on the four or five freshmen that are coming into uh, fall camp.
1: All right, Coach, let's move on. we got a voicemail question for you, so let me play it and uh, get your thoughts. Here we go.
0: Hi, this is Al from First I just watched the UCLA, Arizona State,
1: and Oregon um, uh, spring games. And these guys, even though they need a little work, they seem like they're focused and they have uh, some direction. Um, aside from USC having a coach that hasn't won the big games um, and uh, a wealth of talent uh, being slated to go to the playoff uh, this year uh, in Vegas, um, i like to ask the coach, uh, what does he think about a team, you know, who hasn't yet found a, a direction Uh, and and is moving away from its old style of play and really hasn't found an identity. Uh, What are our chances of really making it uh, to the playoffs and being successful? Thanks. Well,
0: you know, uh, everybody now in the Pac-12 is trying to win the Pac-12 championship first. Of course, you you always want to play for a championship game, but to get through the Pac-12 as far as how competitive it is right now, you've just got to be able to win your division. Are you going to have a chance to get through the Pac-12 championship game, then they hope you're selected to be in the final four to make it to the national championship game. I think the first objective of USC is to win the Pac-12 South. This is something they haven't done for a while, and in the Pac-12 South, they haven't been able to beat UCLA. They've had a tough time. When they have beat Arizona State, Arizona is a team, too, that's very dangerous, uh, Utah, a very dangerous football team, and Colorado is a team they should dominate. So I think that's the first thing you got to look at is win our division. Their non-conference games. Uh, Idaho, Arkansas State, Notre Dame, are the first two games are games they should utilize on to becoming a better football team. Not break all passing records and all scoring records in the history of USC football, which they could try to go after, but that's not how you become a better football team. You become a better football team by utilizing your depth, playing your young players, running the football, not trying to uh, have someone be the leader as far as in the Heisman Trophy, uh, voting. Uh, You go out and you become a football team. Everyone has a chance to play. There's great morale. And you become better because Stanford's coming to the Coliseum. And, you know, they come with a sledgehammer. They're going to run the football, and they're going to be a better football team I think every year, too, they didn't have the great backs last year. They got to develop their receivers a little bit. I know they've lost a lot of great players, but they're such a well-coached team that they're always going to play a great football game. So, you know, that's the first thing you got to do because everybody's trying to win a national championship today. So I think SC certainly has the potential of players to do that. But you've got to go one step at a time and win one game at a time, and every game's a championship game, because if you lose one of those games and you're riding again in the back of the bus, and your morale is down and you think you've lost the whole season. So you've got to be able to win the games you're supposed to win, but you're just better, and then get ready for the games that you've had trouble winning. Now, When you have to travel to Arizona State and travel to Oregon, and then right after Oregon uh, have UCLA, that's pretty good. Yet you have the returning quarterback, the best, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, uh, returning while a lot of these guys don't. Oregon doesn't, uh, uh, Notre Dame doesn't, uh, and other teams don't. But a lot of t- players uh, in the Pac-10 are returning. Uh, they're pushing Solomon at Arizona State for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. You so, you've seen that. So, you know, a lot of people believe in who they have as far as their quarterback. So uh, winning the Pac-12 is not an easy challenge, but if I, I would have to say if there's one roster, and you hear me talk about rosters, that's total number of players in one uh, at one university, I would take USC. So take it from there.
1: No, I agree with you, Coach, and I, I think that sometimes you know, coaches are about one game at a time, and you, you know, you, you hear those kind of cliches. But in this situation, I'm not necessarily saying one game at a time, but it's more about Winning, like you said, the Pac-12 South, I think, has to be the number one priority. Like, you have to do that. And I think if you're able to win the Pac-12 South, you've probably did enough good things during the season that this is going to be a pretty darn good football team if they're able to win the Pac-12 South. They're probably not going to, you know, lose all, you know, the, the out-of-conference games and things like that. You'll probably be in a pretty good position to make the college football playoff. If you win the Pac-12 South, of course you have to go up and beat Oregon, whoever it is representing the North, and you know it might be for the second time you got to play Oregon, something like that. Um, but I think winning the Pac-12 South would mean a lot of good things for USC and put you in the position. It probably be a, it's unlikely, coach, to me, if USC wins the Pac-12 South and they went out and they win the, the conference, the championship game, that they wouldn't make the playoff. I mean, it's possible. But it it seems if USC does win the South, they'll be in a good enough position to do that, and I think that kind of solves a lot of the problems. So it's good for me. I I think you want to focus on something tangible, and winning the Pac-12 South is tangible. But it also kind of opens up all the other possibilities that the fans kind of talk about too.
0: Well, it would mean that two of your last, uh, well, your last three games. uh, I, I, you know, I predict Oregon to win the North. And uh, I would say then your last three games of the regular season, you've got to be, be a pretty good football team. Beat Oregon, beat UCLA, then come back and beat Oregon again. And <laughs> if you could do that, if you could do that and have a very successful season as far as record-wise, I would say yes, you should be in the Final Four. Wouldn't you say that?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, so it's not like some cop-out where are like, oh, you kind of can't think about that long-term stuff. If you think about winning the South, and that's something that USC really needs to do and kind of get over that hump and beat UCLA and all that stuff, it just opens up all the other possibilities. So I, I don't think it's something that there won't be a bitter taste, I guess you could say, Coach, if they somehow win the Pac-12 South, but the, the rest of the season is a d- disaster. I just don't see that scenario playing out. If you can win the South, focus enough, and you close out games that you, you, know, you should win at the end and don't give up a lead and things like that, I think good things will happen.
0: Yeah, you got to learn to finish, Ryan. you got to learn to finish a football game, whether it's on offense or defense. you got to find a way to make a play. you got to find a way to win a football game. Whether it's kicking a field goal, it's going to be close football games all through the Pac-12 and all through the country. But you've got to have the confidence and, and uh, coaching ability and and uh, the desire to win those close games. And it, it comes down to that so many times during the season. You, you just can't uh, blow it uh, to win uh, – a uh, Pac-12 championship today.
1: Um, all right. Well, speaking of, you talk about kickers, speaking of kickers, um, Melvin had a question. I don't know how much you got to watch the kickers during the spring, um, and they didn't do a whole lot. I mean, they would kick a few field goals every practice, but who, did, who Melvin wants to know, going into fall camp, who do you think is considered the first-team field goal kicker? Well,
0: I'll tell you, let's, let's do some comparisons. First of all, uh, Woods Alex Woods has uh, kicked in a game. Uh, he's had experiences now. I, I, some experience. Now he hadn't kicked a lot, but I think he's kicked 12 PATs. I'm guessing at the numbers. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he might have kicked one field goal last year. Uh, so he has some experience, and he did kick off a lot. He did do some kickoffs. The young uh, left-footed kicker. It, uh, it was a blue shirt last year.
1: Yeah, Matt Boremeister
0: right Uh, from Saddleback
1: big leg, uh, big leg
0: Yeah, surprised me in the spring he really did surprise me Uh, he kicked uh, several uh, 50 yard field goals, you probably saw the same ones I did Uh, didn't kick a lot against pressure in the spring, neither did put a lot of pressure, it was more or less just come across the line of scrimmage and let the kicker kick it Uh, uh, I would say going into the first game, just predicting and i can't predict this because i don't know who's going to have a good fall camp or not but is woods a senior
1: uh you know i don't Wood? let me look hold on real quick coach i don't No,
0: that's all right don't look it up we don't have to stop the show and i'll just keep talking when you look it up if he's a senior he's a redshirt junior oh junior yeah. okay they're both they're both then i'm not going to worry about who's ahead of who but with the first two games You've got to find out who your kicker is. And I'm going to tell you this is what I'd do. If it's fourth and two and you're beating Idaho, and I'm assuming all this, say you're beating Idaho 37 to 14. ah, Who cares what the score is? And I have fourth and two on the 22-yard line. I am not going to go for it with a play, which they'll do anyway. I'm going to kick a field goal. Because i got to find out who my guy is. I've got to find out against Arkansas State who my guy is under pressure in a game situation. So when I talked about it, becoming a better team your first two games, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not assuming they're going to blow out these two teams. I'm just telling you they should blow out these two teams, okay?
1: <laughs> Makes sense, <And> sure. <laughs>
0: And I'm going to tell you, if you hear me that next Monday after the game and they haven't or it's a close game, then I'm going to say there's something wrong going on at USC, okay? So I'm using this with a thought in my mind, and I would tell my players and my coaches, I'm going to find out what's wrong if this isn't happening. And I might look at myself first. So they have got to find out who their kicker is going to be, who their snapper is going to be, who's going to be everything during these first two games. Really, it's a great way to get better. Now, you're not going to have tough tough competition, but you're going to be able to get out and find out who is the best kicker and who is the best snapper and all the different areas that you need to find out about. But I I would say right now there is not an edge. I would say going into camp, I would say it's even.
1: All right, Coach, thanks for that. Yeah, you know, um, we got to see more field goal kicking this spring. Then a lot, we didn't see much punting or, or some, you know, there was some limited stuff with the special teams. But we did get to see that kind of field goal battle. And I think it'll come down, you know, I think they're going to, the, going into fall camp, it's just hard to say. I do like uh, the blue shirt kicker's leg, Matt Boremeister. I mean, he has a really nice leg and, um, you know, can definitely kick those longer field goals. And But I, I think he would definitely be the long field goal guy. And then it just depends on who you want to do, the PATs and uh, some of their shorter field goals, but they'll be able to compete all through fall camp. And there's, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do so. Um, you know, and try to put them in, in game like situations and they, they do a pretty good job of doing that where there's pressure from their teammates and trying to, to get in there. But it's, that'll be one of the, you know, it's not going to get a lot of headlines or anything, but it'll be one of the interesting battles to watch. Who's going to take over for Andre Hidari And uh, I think they have two pretty good options there. There are a lot of kickers on this team, kickers and punters and stuff. Um, but, I, you know, I think the snapping, they're going to be good with Zach Smith. Um, Connor Sullivan, I think, has done a great job holding there. So just which one of these two guys, both have a, a pretty good legs, will come in and, well, and, and win the job?
0: Well, Ryan, let me tell you, I learned as a younger coach, you can't have two kickers. You've oh. got to have one kicker. You've got to be able to be a decision maker as a head football coach. Whoever it's going to be, they get into a rhythm. You've got a right-footed kicker, you've got a left-footed kicker. You've got to let the holder, the snapper, and everybody and then work together saying you're our guy. Now you gotta decide who that's gonna be. And the other guy has to wait his turn. You can't have one guy kick a field goal, one guy do a PAT. In my mind you can't. You've gotta get a rhythm. They don't do it that often. You hope they do it a lot as far as PATs. But there's gotta be a rhythm and a confidence in your kicker that it doesn't make any difference where the ball is. If you tell him to go in and kick a field goal, you've seen enough of him to believe that he can make it. If he doesn't make it, you're going to look at him and say, what's up? Well, that's all I'm asking you to do on this football team is kick some field goals. And you've got to give him all the opportunity to accomplish that. You've got to give him the opportunity. The snap's going to be right. The hole's going to be not right. And you've got to give him the opportunity that the blocking up front is going to be right. For example, I would put 13 guys on defense. Every time we uh, practice it, I'd have 13 guys rushing the, the, the kicker. Why? If you could keep out 13 guys going hard, you could keep out 11. So there's all ways of building up the mental part of the game as well as the physical part of the game, and you've got to do that in all areas.
1: Hey, Coach, so I, we've seen situations recently for USC where you have, like, one guy kicking off and one guy kicking field goals. But have you ever you've, – so you've never used one where this guy's a long field goal kicker? And I think the last time USC did it was, like, David Beeler. He kicked a, like, 49-yard field goal with, like, a neck roll on when he was playing fullback, and he was the, the, the long field goal kicker. He ended up making the Dallas Cowboys and playing in the NFL for a couple of years as a kicker. Um, but is that not something you like, If having one guy be like the long field goal guy just for like 45 yards plus?
0: Well, you know, Beal was a different situation. Uh, he, he kicked the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs every, every time. Now, I don't know how accurate he was uh, on doing all the PATs and shorter field goals, but he definitely had the leg. There's no question. In that type of situation – I would say, yes, if I'm going to kick a 55-yard field goal, I've got a guy with a leg and it comes down to it, and I know the other guy doesn't have that leg, I'd give it a shot. But on kickoffs, I'm telling you, the ball's got to be out of the end zone. It cannot be returnable. Well, I'll give the guy the opportunity one out of five times or six times, the guy can run it out. But if you check the stats on the field position of where SC's defense starts a game, They're starting it always on the 30, 35-yard line or even more. And that's because the ball is not going deep into the end zone. You've got to be able to do that to give your defense some field position.
1: That was a real problem in the Holiday Bowl. I mean, Nebraska started at midfield, it seemed like, every drive in the first half and some of the second, too.
0: I agree. And uh, this is something you've heard me talk about this for years. I'm not going to go through that again, but you've heard me talk about it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, we got one last one for you, Coach. It's actually a little bit of a recruiting question, so I'll kind of answer the the first part of it, but I want to get your thoughts on this position, Coach. So here's the here's the question. Hi, Ryan. This is Greg from Long Beach. I
0: was at the uh, Trojan Club meeting on Friday night in Palm Springs, and Sark was talking about he was asked the question whether he was going to rec- recruit a fullback or not, and he said they were, and was going to be a Stanley Havili type from an island. I looked on the, both recruiting services, Scout and the other one, and there was no listing of a fullback from Hawaii at least. Do you know this guy could be? I'd love to know. Thank you very much. Fight on.
1: Yeah, so this is interesting, Coach, that, uh, you know, USC has two senior fullbacks on the roster, hadn't recruited one for a while. And uh, so I guess in Palm Springs, you know, obviously the coaches can't talk specifics about recruiting, so it's kind of funny that they were going to get a Stanley Havili type from an island. Uh, But he is talking about uh, Hawaii, and Scout does have a, a running back listed that USC offered, so I think who he's talking about, and I hopefully I don't screw up his name. It's Vave, and it's uh, it's M A L E P E A I, so Malipai or something like that. So he's a running back uh, from Milani High School. Uh, he's six foot, one hundred ninety-five pounds uh, in Hawaii, and he was picked up a USC offer, uh, but he also picked up an Oregon offer, and that apparently that was his dream school there. So um, USC was recruiting him, from what we understand, as a fullback. Uh, but I was interested, Coach, because I didn't know, are they just going to let that, because there's two seniors on the roster, are they going to let that position kind of go away and not really have a fullback? But it sounds like they're interested in bringing one in. Maybe it will be, if they don't get a, a recruit to come in and do it, maybe it's a walk-on. But um, I just want to get your thoughts on that position, Coach, because it seems like it's one of those ones that could go extinct in this offense.
0: Well, I would say that because I think both of those players are good football players, Pinner and uh, uh, whatever that. Some of Vinuku. Who? Yeah. Vinuka, yeah. I think they're both very good football players if you're going to run a two-back set and, and utilize what they do well. You know, they, they play hard. They're tough kids, uh, smart kids. They give you 100%. They're great special team players, but they don't utilize them. So uh, you know, I, I don't see giving a scholarship just to give a scholarship. The, again, when you say bringing in a running back to to be a fullback, then again you're talking about pass before run. That's why they're talking about this running back because they can throw him the ball, and he can run with the football. He's a good running back. Uh, I think I've seen him uh, on uh, film. Uh, I didn't know they offered him. You just told me now they did offer him. Tough kid. Uh, you're right. He's, Oregon is a place he's always wanted to go. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But you know, you gotta have a philosophy, and I, I just don't know what the philosophy is right now. The tight end is is a tight end at USC a blocker? or Is he a receiver? I mean, I mean, I, I like I get the idea that he's a receiver from now on. I don't I don't get the idea that he's a blocker any longer. Uh, yet they don't utilize him that much in the passing game that, that I can see yeah. as, as far as, you know, down the middle of the field, curls, uh, drags, uh, corners. Uh. So I, I think you really have to uh, decide what your philosophy is and who you are on offense. Right now it, it's sort of uh, we're everybody. Uh, and I want to see that changed. And I, I don't know if I'm being too critical. I apologize. But I, I, I just want to see what is the philosophy on what players does it take you and what positions does it take you to be a great football team on the offensive side of the football? And what is the philosophy on the defensive side of the football? Are you going to attack? Are you going to sit back and wait? Are you going to give, give up short plays and not big plays? What are you doing? Are you going to play man? Are you going to play zone? What is going to be your philosophy and do it well? And I think that's one thing you have to decide.
1: All right, coach. Well, that's our show for today. Great stuff. It's our first kind of shortened segment, peristyle podcast, our Monday edition with coach Harvey Hyde, switching things up. Like I said, give us your feedback podcast at uscfootball.com. Let us know what you think. And uh, you know, we can of course change things up, but hopefully you enjoy the show. Don't forget, stay tuned. We have at least two more podcasts this week. um, So we'll have uh, other guests on like Dan Weber and some other guys we're working on. So, Check those out, and uh, get again, Coach Harvey Hyde, thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, buddy, thank you very much, and uh, I want to thank all of our uh, listeners out there that send in these questions. We'll do our very best job of uh, answering them for you. And, uh, Ryan, we're about, what, 90 days or so away from football, the first game.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're counting them down, and uh, it's going to be summer workouts are starting, we're going to get fall camp going, and, of course, the season, so it should be good stuff. And I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, Thanks to Coach Harvey Hyde and everyone else for listening. Stay tuned. More podcasts this week, so check back on peristylepodcast.com.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.